Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're we're doing, we now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, an LYF podcast series where we provide our insights, thoughts, and experiences on self-love exploration. My name is Ayla, Growth and Development Coordinator for the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is JR, Technology Coordinator and Board Member for the Love Yourself Foundation. Ayla, welcome back to Studio J. Studio J, back in person finally. I have so much energy today. I see that because (laughs) for the past couple weeks, you haven't had a lot of energy because you've been sick. I've recouped. You look great. Here today. And we're talking about happiness from other cultures. I'm so excited. It's such an interesting episode. Yeah, I don't think we really talked too much about other cultures. I think we've done it during our generational talks from last season. But it is interesting and something that actually wraps your head around different cultures of how they operate. But most importantly, how you can use that towards your mental health and for today happiness. I think it's really an interesting concept because sometimes we think about happiness so focused in like Western society and obviously that doesn't work. (laughs) So there's a reason why we haven't really figured it out yet. So it's cool to kind of pull from other cultures and see what they've found to work for them. Yeah. And thinking about this particular episode, I've been thinking of the different things that my personal culture, the Filipino culture, black culture, what they do when it comes to mental health. Do they talk about it? Is there things that they do to increase your happiness that is specific to that culture? And yeah, it's going to be really interesting to get into it. Before we jump in today, how are we doing with the 12-week year? I guess it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's okay. Things are on autopilot right now. Mm -hmm. I think that with everything that's happening right now and then the holidays have been coming up, there's just been a lot of stuff that's been on my mind that I haven't been able to really focus on the 12-week as much as I would like to, but it's definitely not heading in a negative direction. So like I said, autopilot. And that's all you can ask for, really. This is better than the other side (laughs) of things. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, no, I was thinking about how, speaking of autopilot, I've noticed that when you're focusing on a lot of things at a time, it almost feels like you can't do any of it. And you're like, I just got to get through it. And so I think in my next 12-week year, I'm going to only focus it down to the one thing that I can focus on for those 12 weeks that can really propel me and maybe having sub tasks within that kind of propel me 
within that task and mm. really vague here really yeah, vague. Yeah. but like having an overarching goal maybe to be like more physically healthy and then having subtasks in that where it obtains all these things but i've noticed that like when things do get stressful it's almost like it's too much to focus on all these little too things overwhelming. Yeah. and especially like you said with the holidays just a lot going on period so i've noticed that as well i think that i'm still better than i was when we started this which is really nice and i definitely feel more of a sense of clarity than i have in previous like winter times mm -hmm. the seasonal depression is it really hitting like it has yeah which is a beautiful thing yes. for me <laughs> and i also think maybe because the weather isn't too bad vegas weather doesn't know what it wants uh, it would be one week we're in the 50s and now we're pretty much in short weather and it's nice outside. and it's i'm great. here for that <laughs> yeah as long as possible please let that be there yes in a good place i'll still be interested to see at the end of the 12 weeks where it changes for me with what mm -hmm. i want to focus on but like i said same as you i don't feel like i'm going backwards which yeah. is a step that you can only hope for i do want to adopt that for the next round of the 12 week year just because i think there is something there where if you can just focus on one thing it can be even more achievable than trying to have to do a multiple of things i know i open up my calendar I see three different items that I picked for myself for this week and just think, what am I supposed to be focusing on right now? What can I wait until later on in the weeks that I can try to achieve beyond that? But I just think that I overwhelmed myself with too many things that I wanted to complete that going into the next one. And I think if we just did one, could maybe it's do it. a thing where we have to build upon it like that. Focus on one, really get in the set, like the zone of doing one and then potentially adding another one the next time. Yeah. Another one as we see more fit. We went a little bit too overachieving this It, it was an ambitious effort, right? Mm -hmm. We went after it. We're now realizing, like we talked about in previous episodes of like pulling back a little bit, understanding that you're still learning throughout this whole entire process and that's okay. So We'll see what happens in the next 12-week year, but we definitely want to listen what everybody else has been doing with the 12-week year, and hopefully in the comment section or even email. Did we do that? <laughs> email, <laughs> did, yeah. Did, did we'll add that to the list. <laughs> Let us know how you've been doing with a 12-week year. Definitely. Well, that brings us to today's episode on learning happiness from other cultures. I'm going to have you start, JR. Yeah. So I looked up this. It's called Wabi Sabi. Mm-hmm. I hope I said that, but it's a Japanese term that basically means beauty and imperfection, like a crack in a teapot or the wood of an old door, moss on a rock. It's just an appreciation of beauty that is what they call is doomed to disappear uh, or something mm -hmm. that becomes more beautiful as it ages. Now, <laughs> I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think... <laughs> Where are you going with it? <laughs> <laughs> being 34 years old there's a lot of uh aging that's been going on over here and you got to find the beauty in all of that i love the idea that it encourages us to see the perfection and imperfection and find comfort in the knowledge that nothing is ever complete Ooh, nothing mm -hmm. is ever complete yeah I, I really do like that and i think that this kind of the episodes that we've been doing this past season kind of taps into that a little bit and just realizing that it's okay for things not to be perfect. It's okay to fail. It's okay to not be where you are at currently, but continue to work at that. It's just this idea of not having to be perfect is what really drives you to keep going. At least personally for me, I don't think anything can be perfect. We can strive to to get to there, but I think perfection puts an end to certain things that mm. for me, constantly learning or constantly adapting to get to a place where I feel I want to be is 
the beauty of that journey. I think that really maps on to what we've talked about in the entire conversation series of this dynamic process of growth and how we always strive for like the perfect life, the perfect scenario. But exactly what you're saying is that if we're truly growing, we're never achieving that perfection because there's always something more that we want and there's always room to grow as we have new experiences, have new things that we desire. And so I think it's a really cool way to put it in perspective. I think we, uh, you actually had mentioned it in the last episode about the chart and the ascension part of that chart and getting up to the top of the peak is where we thrive the most because we're always chasing after what it is that we're going to. Then you finally hit the peak and then you descend down because you've already plateaued at where you want to be. I think that kind of plays into this as well. And the idea that the constant strive or the constant going after a certain thing is what brings us the most happiness is because every step of the way becomes something new. And the idea of trying to get to that is what propels us into wanting to strive as much as we can. And I do that a lot. And I think that is something that I'm trying to learn even more so nowadays of it's okay that things don't work out the way that you had hoped that they would. But look at how much you've learned during Mm -hmm. that whole entire time. Is it something that I want to continue to experience where you're constantly failing or bad things are always happening? Not necessarily, but there is a beauty in the things that I've gone through that has turned me into the person that I am today. Yeah, it's almost like accepting that life is imperfect and you have to experience those things that don't go as planned, but embracing that part of it. Does it talk about the effects or the way that they use it in their culture? Yeah, and I think that in their culture, when they try to adapt this wabi-sabi type mentality, it's more of an aesthetic is what they see is utilizing old or worn things that brings a purpose into someone's life or their world is what brings the beauty out of it. And actually, there are five keys to the positive mental health wellness when it comes to Wabi Sabi, and I can get into that just a little bit. So number one is embrace designed imperfection. This is the heart of Wabi Sabi. Life is full of the uncertainties of ups and downs, highs and lows, and the beautiful flower is actually flawed with asymmetrical petals but who cares its beauty does not lie in perfection and neither is yours so what do you feel about that just taking a couple notes here i think it's really fascinating to think about the idea of embracing imperfection and what kind of was going through my head there is thinking about like how does that adjust your mindset i've always been the kind of person to like want to buy things new and never go thrift shopping never buy anything used think that that like sense of perfection if you will almost trains you to think that's where value lies and i think that it's really interesting to put it in perspective of valuing the imperfect things to change how you look at imperfection because like you said we're all human we all are imperfect and i wonder what that does like mentally to you and constantly seeking out things that like are to a T, what mm-hmm. they're supposed to be. Yeah, the thing that came to my mind with this is the addiction that I deal with. And for a long time, I try to hide it from people. And especially when I'm around groups of friends or whatnot, try to pretend who I'm not and try to pretend like that is not something that I deal with until I ended up being able to talk freely about it on the LYI podcast for the very first time, allowed me to embrace that imperfection and realize that, yeah, of course, we all go through something or we're all dealing with something. But that doesn't make you a bad person. For sure. That there is some comfort in knowing that everybody has an imperfection, but 
we are all embracing the love that we try to provide as much as possible. And that doesn't hold us back. And that really connects to the other culture that I'll be talking about in a minute. Before I go into that, I just want to hear out the rest of your bullet points there. I'm finding it really interesting. Yeah. So number two is dive into the darkness. The greatest Mm -hmm. privilege of living is to be brought to your knees and to the brink of life. At the edge, separating this world and whatever next, I once paused to stare into the future and confronted the reality in its natural, dark nakedness. The purpose of life was never clear. Life has no purpose. I was and had always been alone. The truth set me free from my journey into the darkness. Now, I think that's pretty deep. (laughs) there's a lot of ways you can read that yeah there's a lot of ways you can interpret that but i think this is where i go against this particular bullet that life has no purpose i believe life does have a purpose but i think it's unique to everybody for sure but being able to embrace the fact that life is going to throw you in every which way but you're able to still navigate through those dark times to come out onto the other end I think is where the beauty is that lies within that. I agree. I was thinking about like how it's almost like diving into the unknown or if we're following the lines of imperfection of just that lack of comfort from not knowing what's out there or from being deep into the darkness. And I think that a lot of times it's out of our comfort zone that we don't want to explore and consider and think about how that impacts us. So it's definitely a new perspective to consider when looking at your own life and how you understand the things around you. Absolutely. Number three, be your authentic self. Wabi Sabi says, it's okay to be naked. Start scrapping and removing the layers of yourself using the Wabi Sabi stripper. You will finally rediscover yourself in the end and realize who you truly are and just being in that mindset of not trying to be somebody else or not trying to put on a face when you're around other people just be who you are because who you are is beautiful and i think that with all of this kind of goes within that of just understanding again that we are not perfect people. Yeah, I think that it's actually really cool to be reminded of this. But in the very first season, I believe when it was talked about for me, when people would ask me, how do you be happy? What is the one thing? My answer, and I hope you remember me talking about Mm -hmm. this, is that when you feel like you're your most authentic self, that's when you're your happiest. It's also the hardest thing to do. (laughs) Yes. Because it takes a real form of awareness of yourself, a vulnerability, and a scary thing to put yourself out there, regardless of what other people are going to think about it. But in doing that sense of identity and belief in your true self is what allows you to be happy. And a lot of the things, this bullet point means a lot to me because a lot of the reasons why we stray from happiness is when we're not aligned with who we really are. And I think that it comes back to that all the time when we go into these activities and we talk about, okay, what is it? really mean now that's a really underlying factor of i'm not doing something that feels authentic to me or that makes me feel like who i am whether it comes to a work kind of career choice or the clothes you're wearing what you're eating what you're watching listening to how you're acting around other people and so i think it's a beautiful thing to think about like it's okay to be naked not in the literal sense of course (laughs) but really just stripping down to the the true sense of who you are as a person and building off of that. And I think once you're able to do that's when you can really start to glow. Yeah, I struggle with this quite a bit. Like you said, it's easier said than done just because there are so many points in your life where you can be judged by other people and especially people who you're close to that sometimes you don't want to be who you 
truly are because you're afraid that other people are going to judge you on that. And as I get older, the more I start to realize who cares what other people think. It's your life to live. Be who you are because at the end of the day, you know that you are staying true to yourself. And I love the fact that you have brought that up in the very first season and just realizing that being your authentic self is what's important. And if you're going to love yourself, you got to love all of you. You're right about that. I think that to the point there too, if you are judged as your authentic self and you're being as real as you can, it hurts more mm-hmm. because it's there's nothing else you can be and you're not hiding any part of you. And I think that's why a lot of us will shield certain parts of ourself because at that point then they're like, oh, well, they don't know how I really am. Or right. It's like a protection sort of thing. I know that it definitely hurts when you're being real and talking about maybe things that you're passionate about to your core and people don't respond in a way that's supportive. It's definitely a hard thing, but I think that it's getting past those things to accept that if people don't want to support you as you really are, then are they really your friend? Right. And that actually goes into the fourth bullet point be the original you. And one of the sentences that I pulled out of that paragraph does it all. And it's remember you were born an original. Why strive to live like an imitation? And I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine the other night of just realizing that it took a lot for us as a human being to be. And we're just talking about the immediate representation of that. At one point, there was a lot of you and you were the one that swam the fastest. And now you are here on this earth. (laughs) A way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. That so many things could have happened during that time. You might not have even been here. But the fact that you are here is a testament to just what the human being really is. And the reality of it is that you are an original. You're not like a carbon copy of somebody else. Mm -hmm. You are you. So why would you want to live a life of not. Yeah, this map's on. Again, the same one that I'm about to talk about. (laughs) So it's really cool to see how cultures in different areas of the world have those same interworkings. And I think that we can pull a lot from them even here because of that. But I do think it's a funny thing to think about how we all won the race. (laughs) Because I think it's, it's a cool thing to consider, like at the very core of it, that's like something that we all have in common and what we Like what arose from all of that is a funny kind of (laughs) relatability there. But I think that it's also very like humanizing to look at everyone in their individual way and consider the value that we all hold in our own way. Yeah, 100%. The last one here is become what you think. And we talk about this all the time. What you think you'll become. Your inner subjective reality is a social construct designed by your thought. And who you are is decided by what you think. Self-reflection is the core of the self-creation process. The right thoughts create the wabi-sabi in you. And we say it all the time. How you talk about yourself, what you think about yourself, what you do for yourself will then reflect who you are. And when you think negatively about what it is that you're doing or things about yourself can be really detrimental to your mental health. So flipping it on the script and seeing yourself in a positive light can do wonders. Yeah, I think that for me, whenever I'm in like a sad place, I think about, you know, what in like all the world of possibility will make me like think more positively and what 
form of self-care is going to get you to that place because the world is your possibility. And thinking of the right thoughts, it's really interesting to consider you're going to be here for a long time. (laughs) Like, why are you putting that stress on yourself? And I think there's such a fine line there. And it's one of probably my top five things that are misconstrued in mental health of just be happy. And there's a fine line to walk in talking about how when you're sad, focus on the things you can change or do to correct it, but also letting yourself feel those feelings. And I think individually, there's a lot of work you have to do to find that balance within yourself to validate the experience and cover why you're feeling that way in order to be happy, like moving on. But it's really fascinating to see all these things to work together and how it like very centralized around accepting like who you are at the core and embracing that in all the various ways whether it comes from the way that you think you act you interact with others yeah that's awesome and i can't wait to hear about what you ended up finding about ubuntu ubuntu is really interesting so this is a south african philosophy and it's about human interconnectedness which i was really interested in as i'm trying to be more connected to others which has been going really well actually a lot of different bullet points here but the main core of this is it's impossible to mistreat other people if we recognize their inherent value and we've talked about before how we have to feel connected to other people in order to be happy and that once we lose that sort of connection the lack of like socialness can feel very isolating can feel harsh on us and so this kind of takes that idea and puts it into a philosophy and a way of being and so they talk about how the way that we interact with other people says a lot about who we are as a person not necessarily a good person bad person but in terms of like how happy we are and the way to really be happy is to feel more connected to other people Mm. i'm trying to break it down here yeah so by doing that it talks about recognizing inherent value in others so it mentions that and this is where it maps onto what you were talking about that we all won the race we all are very individual people we have our own experiences we have something so unique to us that nobody else can replicate we can have similarities with other people but we all have that uniqueness and there's a value in each of us because of that and I think that it also comes down to recognizing that you're no better than any other person we're all people at the end of the day and there isn't like a ranking kind of system here there's people that do bad things of course but at the end of the day all human race kind of things. It talks about how instead of using other people as a point of comparison, because a lot of times it comes down to, I don't understand why they did that. I don't agree with that. Or I'm watching what they're posting and I, why am I not doing that successful or just comparing in all possible ways to what you would be doing, wouldn't be doing what you think about them. So it talks about how instead of doing that, it's inviting you to focus on what someone else is bringing to life, Mm -hmm. to the table. Whether that's their interaction with you or just the world in general, considering the value that they hold and opening up your perspective to think about how... Have you ever been like doing anything anywhere in like public and you're like, wow, everyone here has their own life. Like (laughs) my perspective is like my life, but everyone here has that perspective. Yes. And it's almost like being ultra aware of that at all times to think about everyone has that life experience and like 
their lives and every person's life that you're ever interacting with, even like walking by, you're like a side character in their story. Right, yeah. And it's like looking at the value that everyone holds because everybody has that experience. And once you like take that perspective, you realize that the way you interact with others is it's almost like a an ultra form of like non main characterness mm-hmm. because it's understanding that everybody's a main character. And how do you un- interact with other people that way to understand that the value that you hold in their life is the same way that you would put it off in the reverse, if you will. Yeah. So it says to consider the position of others in all like all points of why are they interacting that way? What are they doing? What does their main character life look like? It's like a big thing of thinking about, oh, this person cut me off. What if they're on their way to like rush to the hospital because like their wife's having a baby or something? Right. Or what are they in such a rush for? And taking that kind of consideration of it's not just an inconvenience to me that they cut me off, but what are they experiencing in their life to cause them to do that? Seeing it from a different perspective. Yeah, it's like an ultra form of like empathy. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really fascinating to think of life like this because it talks about how this gives you a greater sense of tranquility because it allows you to have kind of a respect for others and that's at the like forefront of everything is that this respect is very key in connecting us with our humanity because we're all again have that shared experience of being human and it allows us to humanize other people instead of just making them like someone in your story they're like actually individual human beings that have their own experience and that blew my mind yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm over here just thinking of course that makes total sense but Mm -hmm. you don't realize that until you put it in a perspective like that there is a benefit of surrounding yourself with other people of different cultures, different races, because you do see it from that different perspective. Everybody, like you said, is their own main character. Everybody's on their own journey that not more than one other person can have the same type of experiences that you are having because everyone is going to be unique. And being surrounded by that type of energy, I think, brings more of that tranquility that you had mentioned of just understanding that hey everybody experiences things differently and depending what part of the world that you live on live in too is really important with that and really just kind of culminating that idea of yes we are all human beings we all experience things differently that we should be more empathetic to that yeah i think it makes you consider the role that you play in others lives a little bit more i know that for me sometimes when i'm at work i can think of i'm selling to someone and I'm just doing my job. But if I flip the perspective of if I was them, like they're listening to my words get spoken to them and that's their experience. Like, how does that change how I communicate with people? And it's like a weird kind of like out view of looking into this situation. But I think there's a lot of value in kind of reforming the perspective that way and seeing how else you would treat others and like the kind of things you would say. It talks about how you need to pay attention to your behavior, how you speak and even what you think when interacting with others and making sure that even if you're doing the things, saying the things you should be, that even if you're thinking things that are like judgmental and dehumanizing, dehumanizing in a way of this person is just a customer coming into my store that I have to sell to. They're not like a human being. That even in that sense, you need to challenge yourself to like reform the idea that we're all human. And I feel like that interconnectedness, like even talking about it, it's like a weird sensation of, whoa, yeah. <laughs> we're all humans. And that's so weird to think about all of us having this complexity of a brain to interact with each other. Yeah, I feel that a lot when we do events with LIF, because that culminates a lot of different types of people in one small space. And yeah, it's just realizing now stepping back and looking back of realizing that everyone is different. Everyone is unique in their own special way. And 
we have to embrace that and not think that your way is the way or be so sheltered in not knowing other cultures or how other people do certain things that we're so jaded in the idea that anything else is wrong, that this just brings more to your wellness when it comes to mental health, that you can accept the fact that it's okay to be different. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings. Yeah. I think that on that note as well, like considering that your experience isn't the only experience. And even if you're doing something that feels right to you, thinking about how that plays into everyone else's lives. And kind of the final note in this philosophy is about forgiveness. And they talk about how forgiving others is about acknowledging humanity. And I've never, for some reason, about that. No. And it's so simple. You're like, yeah, like we're all human. And I feel like I've even heard someone say that, but like thinking about acknowledging humanity and why forgiveness is at the forefront of that because we're not perfect. And like when I look at it like that, I'm like, oh, like it makes me want to be more forgiving because I'm like, I understand that we're in the same boat here. You don't have any more knowledge than I do about how to do this human thing. We're all learning at the same point and we're all experiencing a certain way. But yeah, I never really thought about it like that because I always think that at least me being in that forgiveness state and that being part of my strength is forgiveness as well. It's just realizing that it's not so singular because that's what I've always thought of just forgiveness is to a certain person or maybe a, a group of people. But really, it's forgiveness for everything. Yeah, it talks about even in an individual level, like the person that wronged us is human too. And it talks about how like when you're upset or betrayed, that's not what you're thinking. That's not the first thing is, oh, this person's human too. It's more so like a me thing. Right. But it's this whole philosophy is about challenging yourself to feel that connection to others instead of focusing so much on how your individual experience is, which is such a different way of thinking than what we're used to. But it's really something that I want to try to challenge myself to do. Wow. That's pretty mind-blowing, honestly. Because again, it's just putting it in a different perspective and seeing it in a different way makes you think like, oh yeah, of course, that makes total sense. But you don't realize it until it's right there. Yeah, that's Ubuntu. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Yes, lots of philosophy there. And it's cool to see the overlap. Yeah, I was just about to say that between the two, there are a lot of things that intersect one another, which I guess would say that regardless of what you believe in, what is it that you learn, there's a lot of similarities if they are aligned in the same type of mentality. Yeah, and that I know we want to talk about our own cultures and how happiness is defined there. Do you want to do the activity first or do you want to talk about that first? Let's do the activity first. Okay, perfect. So the activity that we have today is Ikigai. Hopefully saying that right. Ikigai. It's a Japanese kind of philosophy for our purpose for living, which is really interesting because Wabi Sabi is also Japanese. Yes. And it talks about having no purpose. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess it's just whatever you read at the day. But this one's more like mapping on to career and focusing on how you can be happy through identifying like what's meant for you, which is interesting because like you were mentioning how we all have our own individual. I think that's what they think too, because Mm -hmm. the purpose for living that they have mapped here in the activity is not like everyone has the same purpose kind of thing, but it's about how to find yours, which I think is a really fun activity, of course, because all of us want to (laughs) know what is our purpose in life. So I think that we'll link in bio a little diagram for you to be able to see what this looks like, but I'll describe it to the best of my ability and we'll write down our answers and go from there. Okay. It's a Venn diagram with four circles. So it's four circles overlapping each other. Here's what it looks like for you. So you'll be able to see. Again, link in bio. 
if you want to be able or description to be able to see what that looks like. But if you're drawing a Venn diagram, you can start with the two circles overlapping and then add one on top and then add one on the bottom to have four going in a circle. And I'll give you time to draw that. Okay. Once you have your four circles drawn, or you can print it out, whatever you feel like doing, on the very top circle, so the one at the very top where there's nothing else that intersects with it, that's where you put the information of what you love to do. So the things that you really enjoy doing, the things you get lost in doing, things that you can do for hours and lose track of time that feel very fulfilling to you, could be anything I would write, you know. Maybe four to five if you have that many. And maybe I'll go through all of them before we yeah, yeah, yeah. dive into it. So that's the first circle. It's hard to describe with that. <laughs> first circle is the top circle, everybody. Uh huh. The circle to the left in the middle. Maybe if we talk about it like in direction. So north circle is, is what you love okay. to do. The west circle to the one to the left. That is what you're good at doing. So the things that people come to you for advice for, the things people trust you with, what you feel like you're an expert at, what you know you have the skills to do. That goes in that circle. The south circle is what you can be paid for. So what you actually have experience doing in the real world, what kind of jobs you've done in the past, the things that you can put on a resume. The last circle on the east or the right is what the world needs. So this is jobs that could be popping up more often, what you think the world needs more of, what as something that's lacking, anything like that can be very philosophical kind of thing. Could be maybe the world needs more tech jobs. <laughs> totally yeah. personal to what you think the world needs more yeah. of. So those are the four circles and I'll have us fill those out first. And we are back. I know that doesn't give you much time right. to do the activity, but you can pause the episode. Yeah. Before I go into the sub-circles, how did we feel doing that? Honestly, it gave me more insight as to what it is that I'm actually involved in quite a mm. bit and realizing that there is a lot of correlation between some of the circles and a lot of the same words were popping up. And it was nice to put it on paper and actually see what is actually connected to one another versus what I have been doing, which is trying to make the connection in my head. And <laughs> that's a little <laughs> difficult. So yeah, yeah, I was very interested about that. I'm glad that you can see an overlap there. That's always the goal. Basically, you're trying to find like the one thing in the very middle that intersects all four of them, a little kind mm -hmm. of sneak peek there. But yeah, my initial reactions is it's really nice to be able to like categorize it and look at that. It almost gives you a place to start right. when you're considering like what to do. But we can go into these sub circles now. So the circle between the north and the west, the top and the left, the ones that overlap between those two is what you are passionate about. Oh. So these are things that you could do in your passion category, basically. Things that you love and things that you're good at. Also, like your passions would fall in there. Of course, this could be like hobbies, things that you love doing, you're good at doing. Obviously, it's a good time for you. <laughs> got it, got it. Um, so that's your passion category. The one between the West and the South, the good at and paid for, the one that intersects those two is professions. Because obviously what you're good at and what you're paid for is often what you do as right, a career. Yeah. <laughs> and so those are different jobs that you can do combining the two of those. And then the South and the East, the or the bottom and the right, the circle that overlaps there is vocations that you can do. Also like doing different jobs, of course, like a professional thing, but more so in your directly mapping on what the need is out there mm -hmm. and doing those things as you can be paid for them. Okay. And then the last overlap between what you love and what the world needs is your mission. 
in life. Oh, I didn't expect that one. Okay. <laughs> and so those are the four categories of maybe things that you're doing currently and where they would fall on that map. I would look at that or things that you've done in the past. You can map into those areas. But the goal basically is in the very center circle, the one that all four of them overlap, that is your ikigai. And so that is your purpose. If you can find the one thing that kind of puts together all four of these categories, that's the thing that's going to be most fulfilling in your life and what you're meant to be wow. doing. Okay. This is getting deep. Hmm? This is getting real deep. So let's give some time to fill that out. And welcome back. Should have a fully filled out chart here. What are our thoughts, JR? What are you looking at? I was just talking about this while we're doing the exercise and just realizing that a lot of the stuff that I picked out for myself, I am doing, but not at a paid capacity. So it's interesting to see the difference when it comes to certain parts of the circle, what could be possible, even the vocational stuff as well, definitely gives me a better outlook as to where to move forward. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's really cool to lay out your strengths, lay out what you're interested in, what you have been paid for in the past and what the world needs and looking at what falls into each of those categories. It also like in looking at my passion section in particular, looking at wow, it makes sense why I like enjoy doing those things one thing i put on there is project proposals oh i love just writing up like different proposals and ideas for things even if i'm not getting paid for it i'm like here's a like 50 page (laughs) proposal on like my ideas and i think that it's like fascinating take a look at it and that's something that like i so much enjoy doing and it's cool to put into perspective like oh i see why because it combines the different things for me would you say that you like like a sense of ownership with the things that you do is that does that not necessarily i think that if we're looking at like the kind of intersections i have here what i love to do is like development planning outreach creation what i'm good at doing is problem identification the overlap there is proposals is like different forms of creation with projects and crafts and different things it's not necessarily like i need credit for it but i just love the idea of really stripping things down to their skeletons and looking at how we can rebuild it as you can tell i'm like excited yes i know <laughs> i'm not even doing a project I'm like oh but it's cool and thinking about the Ikigai, I think that I was mentioning to JR off the recording that it's not something that you're like, okay, filled out. I know what the purpose is. <laughs> I take some research. So once you have it all filled out, look into different careers that it could contain. If you could create the perfect position, what would it look like? What mm. would you be working in? And it's really about brainstorming with yourself. What does that day-to-day look like? What does that purpose look like? And it takes time to know. I think me and JR have a good idea, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it comes from that like knowledge of where your happiest self, what you love to do, and finding something that combines what you're good at doing too. As you can tell, I'm sure filling this out, it's something that feels fulfilling. And you're like, wow, it would be nice to combine all of these things into one thing. And you can see how that maps onto a purpose very easily. Yeah, it was very interesting to see where, especially where the intersections are within here that gives you even more groundwork into where you can see yourself being. And a lot of the stuff that I ended up picking for myself, the the things that I love to do is content creation, something that's brand new to me that I've been really getting into. Being able to create things has been really fun, whether it's taking pictures of people or if it's creating a video from scratch that really drives that creativity within me. Obviously, golf is one thing that it's always on my mind. It's something I'm always doing. And then technology is another thing, whether it be things I'm doing on the computer or new programs that I can use. 
it all just culminates into itself into this idea of kind of the direction of the things that I like to do and also translates into the things that I'm good at which is technology that's part of my <laughs> job right is I am the tech person at my job and solving problems is something that goes along with that which is really fun for me but also something I realized in the past like year and a half is community building and I think that having that ability to bring people together if it's golf or something else has been a real joy for me and seeing that part of it in the circle of just realizing that's something that I'm good at would have never been something that was on my mind like two three years ago but being able to just write it out is really cool because I didn't think that would be possible yeah, I funny enough wrote that in my mission section about a means to feel connected to others and yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it's cool that we have that in common of looking at the ways that we can have that sense of relation to others. And Yeah, it's, really it's funny because I think I have a similar mission to you because what I wrote was connecting people or bringing community together. I think that's what at least right now in my life is that's what the purpose is and and it's interesting that we share that type, that same, that same <laughs> Almost mission. like we work for the same right, organization. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking it down, the actual name itself, Iki means life and then Gai means worth. So the word itself actually means the worth of your life. And it's really a cool thing to look back on and do every once in a while to see maybe what passions you're not indulging in and what you could right, be yeah. doing and what other things you could possibly be paid for or trying to find the intersection between all of the things. I think it's a really cool kind of structure. I love my activities. Of course. <laughs> awesome. yeah, we love it too. And yeah. I think that at least bringing this back to the 12-week year, I know that one of them was having some type of side hustle or getting paid doing something that I actually love doing. And this actually helps out with that. Yeah, there you go. Finding different ways to use it, which is really cool. Yeah, Thank you for that. We appreciate you, Ayla, as always, with all the activities all the that activities. we are able to do <laughs> and will continue to do until the end of the season. But we've reached the end of the episode. One of our favorite parts of the episode, and I hope that everybody listening, is that their favorite as well is the quotes. The quotes. So what you got from me? Mine is, with self-discipline, most anything is possible by Theodora Roosevelt. Ooh-wee. And I just like the idea of anything is possible. And there's a million quotes out there about that. Mm-hmm. Nothing's impossible, all the things. But I think that in doing these activities and thinking about what we're doing here on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it's, it's a big question to ask. Yeah. And it's cool to give yourself the power of I can do anything. Yeah. I love that. Let me hit you with mine. My quote for today is, The moments of happiness we enjoy take us by surprise. It is not that we seize them, but that they seize us by Ashley Montague. Isn't that interesting? Because I think that, at least for me, that it is very true. The moments of happiness that end up happening is a nice little, oh, that was, that was nice. It's almost like you can only put it into words by thinking about it seizing you. Exactly. Not something that, of course, we thrive and we strive for the happiness and do the things that we want to do to make us happy but there are most of the times that we are the happiest is when they come by surprise and mm-hmm. and when they do just a nice little reminder of yeah this is nice that's a really great quote i find myself in looking for the quotes wanting to pick ones i know i've picked before too <laughs> but it's cool that each episode we can come and look at something different and put it in perspective with somebody else's words I which know, is really fascinating right? but 
With that, we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, of course, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episodes and what everything we talked about means for you or even possibly what your culture has to say about happiness. Absolutely. Also, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thank you for listening to the conversation. And until next time, love yourself, love one another, and love this planet we call home. <laughs>